Welcome to the 3rd and 30 podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Montrepagata and I'm joined alongside Coach Jason Chaddock and we are so excited to be back in the studio today. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. Tell a friend about us. Find us on social media at 3rd and 30 Podcast. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the, the feedback we get for the show. And we're just excited to be back in the studio once again with a brand new guest, a brand new show, brand new thoughts, a brand new drive to bring to our guest today. And um, we couldn't be more excited for our second episode of the new year, 2021. I think it's important to highlight um, the positives these days. And here we are in 2021. And, and to me, everything's looking up. And we're going to continue to strive that way and take our drive in the right direction. So super excited to be here with you. Uh, let's bring, out, bring on Coach Jason Chaddock, my awesome and beloved co-host. Coach, how are you doing today? And tell us a little bit what you're looking forward to with our with our guest. Coach P, great to be back on air with you. Second episode of 2021. Um, fired up as always. You know I'm always bringing the heat. Today's no different. I'm bringing the heat just the same as always. And there are so many things running through my mind right now that, that I feel like I need to regain my focus because I'm so charged up about so many different avenues, whether it's work, whether it's football, whether it's the podcast and, you know, coaching people helping people to become better. That's all a part of it. Drive has been on my mind a lot lately because I've been seeing so many things on social media and uh, so many people talking, okay, now it's 2021. What am I going to do? And, you know, we were talking a couple episodes ago about not wasting the last 17 days of 2020 and people are in 2021 still trying to figure out what to do. (laughs) Come on, guys. We have to get intentional with our drive. What drives us? Find out what drives you. Find out what you're passionate about. What is something that you look at and say, man, I can't live without that in my life. That is something I love to do. And get passionate about it. Find your drive and make it happen. And and that is what is on my mind today is make it happen, people. Come on. We have to get out of our own way sometimes and take the obstacles one by one by one and keep moving forward on things. And that's what really uh, leads me into, you know, some great things that have gone on. You know, we had, you know, the Ohio State University made it to the national championship game. Uh, You know, last weekend we watched that, or last Monday. You know, kudos to Alabama. Alabama played a great game, and they won. And when I reflected back, I thought SEC was playing ball no matter what. I mean, the state of Florida never even stopped hanging out and doing whatever they wanted during a pandemic. So they were hanging out. What the Big Ten did, led by Justin Fields, to get back into football this year, I really want to pause for station identification and say, my goodness gracious, can we just look at what these student athletes did to pull together with coaches, with families from multiple schools to... You talk about drive. They had a drive to play this season. They just wanted to play the season. They just wanted their opportunity to be collegiate student athletes. You're going to let us go to school and not play sports. That's, you know, in their eyes, they were saying, hey, that's kind of just as bad as playing sports. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at least at risk, the risk, the risk potential. So what I'm excited about is they were able to fight through adversity. You made it to the national championship game. I can take that. That's a winning season. I look at, um, and, and, you know, of course, by the time this podcast airs, you know, we'll have the results. My Cleveland Browns, talk about drive, taking out the Pittsburgh Steelers. Quick drive, you know, fight from the start. Yeah, opening drive. Ball snapped right over Ben Roethlisberger's head. Browns recover it for a touchdown. And, and here's something we were talking about. I saw it on social media, this different breed of young wide receivers different breed of young players. Claypool, the wide receiver, is already talking crap about the Browns are going to get beat up by KC. You just lost. My friend, you just lost. Just sit down, acknowledge that you lost, move on, train for next year. You had a great rookie season. Get ready for the next year. Why do we always got to be talking? Just because you can talk on social media doesn't mean you should. 
<laughs> There's a big difference. Say that again, coach. Just because you can talk on social media does not mean you should. So I'm fired ears. up and you know, I'm excited about the, th- you know, some things happening. I'm excited about some positive aspects of life going on right now. And I'm fired up for our guest today. Our guest today is joining us, taking us down a completely different pathway than what's our norm. And I am really excited to dive into servant leadership. I'm excited to learn about what it means to build relationships with people. And what it means to you, I want, I want to learn this story about overcoming adversity, taking on new challenges, moving to new areas, international moves in this particular case. You th- if you think this person's, uh, this person's family let anything hold them back, absolutely not. This, this person and their family, they had drive. They had integrity great moral code to get to where they wanted to go. And I can't wait to hear this story. I'm excited, coach. I'm ready to go. You're going to have to, uh, you're gonna have to take over before I just start going on a tangent already to open up the show, coach. I'm ready. Yeah, coach Chaddock. I love it. I I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you went down that road and we're, we're quickly on the whole social media talk after you lose. My thought process is, is no matter, no matter how much it hurts, the team you should be cheering for after you lose in the playoffs is the team that beat you. That's the team you should be cheering for. If you don't have your mind straight on that, then that's where we, we can talk. Hey, we can talk. Because I would much rather lose to the eventual champion and tell myself, you know what? We played them when they were early on, and, you know, I, they, that's a good team. They were a good team. Rather than a team that beat you and then gets loses the next week, that just makes you as a loser looks bad. So Claypool getting on social media was stupid. I thought that was dumb. I thought it was a video that came at him talking the week before because they were talking smack the week coming into that game. All they do is talk. One in five to end your season, Pittsburgh go home, and that's what they did. Um, on to our, our guest, and let's get to bigger and better things. Man, I could go off um, on, on that tangent too, but uh, NFL playoffs, you know, my my, my 12s, we, we, we struck out hard on Saturday afternoon. But like I said, let's get on to bigger and better things. Let's talk about our guest. And like you said so well, Coach, uh, when you talk when you talk about our guest and 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 servant leadership and having a drive through adversity um having a drive 100% of the time and so that means including adversity that means during the good times that means during the dead times whether it's not good or bad it's just dead either way having drive throughout and that you know that is something that was worked hard and earned um and I, I'm so excited to bring on our guest. As you as you could tell, clicking on the podcast today, you saw who the guest was, Mahek Cook. Super excited to bring her on onto the show. Um, we've been we've been put put into work. Coach Chaddock's been putting in the work to to schedule something as as she's just recently got through a political campaign. I mean, my goodness, can any of us imagine what it's like to go through a political campaign in this climate? And as she alludes to, being a woman. In the political climate and those struggles, so let's take no more time and bring on our next guest on the Third and Thirty podcast, Mahek Cook. We would now like to welcome our next guest on the Third and Thirty podcast, which is Mahek Cook, attorney, political strategist, and media commentator. Mahek, thank you so much for taking time out of, I'm sure, your busy schedule to join us today on the podcast. Happy to be with you, Praveen. Thank you. Let's uh, dive right in. And what we really love to do with our guests is kind of find out about you and your background and kind of your journey to how you ended up where you are today. Um, So if you wouldn't mind, kind of walk us through your journey from being born in India and moving to the United States at a young age and now the wonderful life that you and your family have, have created together. Absolutely. You know, I always say born in India, made in Ohio. (laughs) I was born in uh, Calcutta. My dad was in the Indian Navy and he really wanted more opportunities for me and my brother. So we had a comfortable life in India. He was a very high ranking naval officer and he left the comfort of our home, family, and decided to restart in America. And I still remember him coming back and telling me and my mom, 
there are vacuum cleaners, dishwashers, and garage door openers and the microwave, which was really important to my mother. So I just remember we packed, uh, moved everything that we could in two suitcases. And we arrived with $80 in my dad's pocket. And I will have to share this story. My mom would be very upset, but I, I just, I have to be candid with you. My dad walked into the U.S. with $80. We actually then completely entered after clearing the duty-free store and all of that with 30. My mom loves perfume and my dad could not say no to her. So we really entered the United States with $30 in my dad's pocket. Um, yeah, it, it's true. She doesn't like me sharing that story, but um, we were really fortunate. My grandparents were actually living in Columbus, Ohio. So we had the opportunity to live with 10 family members, including my grandparents. My dad worked three jobs for seven years straight. And we always make that joke. The naval degree does not really translate to a um, high paying job in the United States. So he worked his way up as um, cleaning hotel rooms to front desk. He'd do a lot of odd jobs as well, security guard. I mean, anything to make ends meet so that my brother and I could be afforded any of the opportunities we were given to in our life. So I'm really fortunate. And I learned a lot of hard work and just work ethic by watching him. And there was never a sacrifice that was too much for me, um, for my dad to give to me uh, and my brother. So that's how we ended up in Columbus. That's amazing. I mean, just how, how if you don't mind me asking, how did your grandparents end up in, in Columbus, Ohio? Sure. My grandmother's brother had decided that he wanted to start a hotel and asked my grandfather if he would help run it. So my grandfather settled in Columbus and my my dad chose Columbus because we had family here. So we were really fortunate to have what we still call today a, a home base with my aunts and uncles, my grandparents. I'm really fortunate. They're still here, extremely supportive of me and my family. That's incredible. We mentioned your your titles um, as there are multiple, I'm, you know, you probably have your hands dipped in so many different things, but one of them that stood out to us was that you are an attorney. And um, we want to ask if was, was being an attorney in law, was that always your passion and, and what drove you towards the field and um, what does that mean to you now? And, and how impactful is it being, you know, an attorney and, and um, what it means to you? Absolutely. I, you know, I, the law was not a natural path for me. I am a innately a, a helper and I wanted to figure out ways that I could help people. That was always a goal. And I was really fortunate to be in a family where my dad always said I can do anything that I wanted to do. And some of the stereotypes, we always joke around about Indian culture, but they're true. You're supposed to be a doctor or an engineer. And um, very rarely do you get to raise your hand and say, I'd like to be a lawyer. And then many years later, I'd like to run for office and still have family support. But I'm genuinely fortunate. I was looking for a way to um, help people who really enjoyed public policy. And for me, it was one particular course at Ohio State. I was thinking about medical school and took a constitutional law course. And I realized that there, there's so much privilege and, and freedom that we live with in the United States. And I wanted to make sure that I could always be a champion for people that were less fortunate, that did not know how to navigate in a system that can sometimes be extremely complex. And I think the other part of this also is my dad eventually, as I was growing up, started a small business. And I saw the many challenges he went through in his life. And a lot of times it's simple questions that you want to go to an attorney for as a resource. And I wanted to be a resource, not only for him, but other small business owners. So the law was an avenue for me to still stay true to who I was, which was wanted to be a helper, give back to the country and, and to our community in a meaningful way. And, and so it was not a traditional path. It took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do, but definitely a rewarding one. So you have your own law practice now, is that correct? That's correct. I have pivoted to helping a lot of small and mid-sized businesses in the community. I realized very early on that a lot of companies really don't want to hire a big law firm. And if they do, I think it's amazing. 
law firms exist here. They've existed for hundreds of years, but more often than not, you're calling an attorney when you're in trouble. <laughs> and what I want to be is more proactive for businesses to be a resource to help them navigate through regulatory challenges and working in government. I saw a huge opportunity to be an asset for businesses. So I started with the goal of helping a lot of small and mid-sized businesses. And today, as we have had a uh, pandemic and unemployment and so many other issues, I also decided to do a lot of pro bono work as well so that startups or entrepreneurs or businesses that aren't able to keep their doors open, how can I be an asset? And sometimes it is just going through a legal review and contract review and other times it's being a strategic business advisor for them. And I would really look at that as some great selfless leadership there. That is, that is you reaching out, trying to help others, trying to build the community together and, and w way to go for you to have the wherewithal to know that this is a tough time for everybody. And I have something I can do to make a difference. That's awesome to be able to step up and say that in a, in a community and be able to help people. Well, and I, I pivot back to why I joined the law. It was to give back in a meaningful way. And there are a lot of people struggling. And I, I mean this with all due respect. I think that we have to sometimes do what I think of as shared services, which is let me be an asset. Let me help you. You don't have the ability to pay. And it all doesn't have to be transactional. As I've grown up, I've realized that there's so much in life. It's I'll give you this if you do this. And for me, I, I grew up in a relational world where we built a family unit, 10 family members. And as I've continued to grow, I look at this as growing my family in Columbus, Ohio. So each business that I help, each individual that I'm able to, and sometimes it isn't legal advice, it's how do I collect unemployment? What do I do if I'm an independent contractor? How do I restart my business? Loan questions. I don't have all the answers, but I know I can look it up. I can help people get to um, an individual with a solution. And it really is about giving back today, more, more today and more now than ever. But for me, it's always been relational. You know, you just touched base on something that I had three conversations about last week at work alone. And it was, I don't have all the answers I can go get the answers I don't have though. And that's how I'm going to lead people. That's how I'm going to lead the organization. So thanks for reiterating that because sometimes at work when I speak and say that, <laughs> oh yeah, you just say that all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's like coach speak. We, yeah, we always hear that from you. Now they're hearing it from you. So it's real. And that's, and that's what they're going to take out of this. Well, absolutely. You can't have all the answers. And I think true leadership is being humble it's the ability to say you don't have all the answers and also the um, ability to step up and say, look, I, I made a mistake. And I think those go hand in hand because it helps build trust. And people are willing to respect you. They're willing to give you another chance. And they're actually willing to listen if you're honest, vulnerable, empathetic. I mean, there's so many qualities when I think about leadership and I'm not scared to say, I don't know, let me find out. I think it actually builds credibility. Yeah, I would agree 100%. And an interesting thing, as we, I feel like we're diving into servant leadership a little bit now. And, and that really brings me to this next question, because you're successful as an attorney, helping others, serving a community. Um, providing in some cases for those that might not be able to provide for themselves in this moment of getting answers and getting advice. What then led you down the pathway? And I'll, I'll call it the pivot, as you've alluded to a couple times, pivoting into uh, the opportunity to run for the Ohio House of Representatives. And what did you learn through this process? You know, I did not come... Um, to this country thinking I was going to run for office. It wasn't something I even thought about in law school, but I genuinely had the privilege of working at the U.S. Attorney's Office on counterterrorism cases, working for the governor in the state of Ohio, working for the Department of Agriculture on farming issues and or policy issues. Um, and a lot of it hinges with politics. And it, for me, it was 
what's right and wrong. It's not everything needs to be political. How do we help people and how do we move that ball forward? And when I looked at what was going on in the state of Ohio, I genuinely feel there's a great divide and we need more diversity. We need more women. And I still remember looking at all the experiences I've had in my life. And I thought, this is something that will allow me to step up in a a meaningful way and to give back to a country that has provided me so many opportunities. And I have said this to so many um, groups that I've spoken to, I would have never had the opportunity to go to law school, work for the U.S. Attorney's Office on counterterrorism cases, work for a governor, work at the Department of Agriculture as what I was told, one of the youngest general counsels. And I keep receiving these opportunities from the great state of Ohio why not give back to people? Why not make a meaningful impact and, and also be a business leader in the community? Because I could tell that we were so fixated on politics and not enough people were fixated on how do we fix this? Instead of the blame game, how do we provide solutions? So I stepped up and um, I knew it was going to be an uphill battle. I never thought this was going to be an absolute win, but um, I remember talking to several mentors in my life. And they said, Mahak, if you decide to do this, you have to be all in. And it is one of the most amazing journeys I've ever been through in life. And I would do it all over again, knowing I was going to lose because the conversations that I walked away with, and I spoke to a lot of Democrats and independents, um, that, that helped individuals understand. I may have Republican behind my name, but who am I and what do I stand for? So it wasn't just us versus them. There was an opportunity for me to build unity. And I think there's a lot more work to be done in Franklin County in Ohio. And it was definitely a good learning experience in terms of what what people are looking for in terms of leadership. And, and it's just pushed me to want to step up time and time again. One of the things that you just went through and you didn't, you, you said it in a different way and I want to bring it back in for a minute because I think it really alludes to something we talked about off air and it also wraps into this. It's something we talk about all the time is don't get caught up into a BCD world and the BCD is about blame, complain, and defend, blame others for everything, complain about everything and then defend your actions. And you know, I know there's a political twist to this in the sense of the Ohio House of Representatives. I want to highlight, though, it's awesome to be able to dive down that pathway and hear someone who ran for that position, who believes in what the position can do and say, guys, we got to come together as a society and talk. We preach this every episode. We got to talk. Absolutely. Get the BCD out of here. We need to talk as people and build relationships. So you highlighting that means so much to us. And, and it also is educational for us to know that, hey, there's people out there in, in, in the legal world, the political world that want to have those same conversations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, you don't generally find somebody who's willing to knock on an opponent at the opposition door, right? If it's Republicans only talk to Republicans, Democrats only talk to Democrats. To build unity and to win, we have to come together. And I still remember, and I did this time and time again, but the first door I knocked on, um, lots of signs, lots of Democrat signs. So I knock on the door, I introduce myself, and this gentleman just starts yelling at me. Um, I'm a Democrat, never gonna vote for a Republican, and I, I allow him for about two to three minutes to talk anywhere from the president to what the, where this country's going. And then I just stood there and I said, I know you're a Democrat. I saw every single one of your signs, but I'm still standing here. I still want to have the tough discussion because I care about you and your family. And I think through the course of a 10-minute conversation, he quickly realized that I'm solution-oriented. We can sit here and we can blame each other. What does that do at the end of the day? You walk away angry. But if you talk about solutions and you take those active steps in terms of how we can help each other, I think you walk away feeling a little energized, motivated, and there's hope. And um, I still remember this gentleman who was a neighbor uh, who told me that I could come back sometime and I have kept my relationship with him. And we don't have to agree on 100% of things, but I genuinely believe people are good 
and they want our families protected. They want safety and security, freedom of speech, to live in a democracy where we respect each other. And I've said this over and over, just be kind, have the tough conversation, but be kind. Life's too short. I'm so and glad those- you, I'm oh, sorry, coach. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that story because we don't hear enough of those um, in today's world. I, I think we, we, it's a lot of like coach mentioned BCD. It's a lot of blame, blame, con- complain and defend. And, and I'm so glad you mentioned that story because it's tough to, when, when, when you see these days, when you, when, when you're on the opposite side of something you see and, and we we always are afraid of what's different and we are, we dislike change most of the time. And so I think mo- it's so important that there are people like you that are willing to have those conversations and kind of lead the conversations. Cause I think a lot of the time we are, we don't know how the conversation is supposed to go. And I think because of that lack of knowledge, it kind of leads to a bad place. Now, luckily for people like you, you're able to lead a conversation and understand that no matter how you know, that gentleman yelled at you for two, three minutes, instead of getting called up in that, you understood that there's a, there's a, there's an ends to this. There's a means and we, we're going to reach there and there's, it takes patience. And that's part of being humble and being that servant leader. And that's, that's why I'm so glad you brought up that story. Cause in our world, we deal with that, you know, in, in the, in the sports world, in the football world, we deal with that all the time of yelling and shouting. And the, especially in the football world, it's very tough to find calm minds to bring together. And I think it's, it's so important to have that. So I mean, that's, I'm so glad to hear that story. That was awesome. Absolutely. So, one thing before I dive into this, this uh, next question, when we when we start talking about college a little bit, because you know we have to hear about college. And, <laughs> As a Buckeye, absolutely. Yeah. What high school did you go to in the Columbus area? So I was really fortunate. My mother was a public school teacher, but she actually started in private school. And um, Praveen can understand this being in an Indian family, they keep you very close. So my mom being a teacher in the private school, when we first moved to this country, really wanted me in the school system with her. So I went to Village Academy, a small school in Powell, graduated with 21 seniors. So the transition between 21 seniors and the Ohio State University was the most amazing experience. First of all, nobody knew my mother, which was great. So I could <laughs> at least, at least have a little bit of fun. Um, but also it's, it was eye-opening for me to have so many options and the ability to grow and navigate um, and pick courses and friendships. And as much as I loved my experience in high school, this was just a whole new world because it was not very isolated. And you get to meet a lot of different people that think and speak differently than you. And and so I I really enjoyed my experience there. You're a proud Ohioan. You are a graduate of the (laughs) Ohio State University. And when we look at all of this, what growing up in Ohio and living here now, what has that meant to you? And, and also just a couple highlights from college. We, we need a, We need one or two good stories about what happened in college. Absolutely. I, I will say that I took Ohio for granted a little bit. And part of it is because I genuinely have a huge family here. And while I really enjoyed my college experience, I also ran away for a little bit for law school and I'll get to that. But in terms of going to the Ohio State University, the most important um, part of my college experience was meeting my husband, Michael Cook. It was my second year, second to third year of college. And so he has remained my best friend and today my husband. So I I look fondly at Ohio State and a lot of the memories I had. And in terms of my studies, definitely a growing experience for me. I did graduate in four years, but it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. I started with a lot of science courses. And I still remember when I told my parents I wanted to go to law school after my constitutional law course, I was a theater major for a year. Now, any Indian parent, theater major, it's just, it's not going to go well. So it did it. And and so um, I spent a year being a theater major so I could take all the acting classes and also get out of my shell a little bit. When you are raised in a, a small uh, you know, family, 
you're trying to figure out avenues to grow and to have a voice. And I certainly developed one through theater and being able to come out of my shell a little bit. Um, and then after, after graduating, I took some time off and I look fondly at a lot of my experience at Ohio State because I had a lot of mentors even back then. You look at the college campus today or you even look at your, your classes, you have three to 500 students in it, depending on what, what class, right? And as I mentioned, I went to a very small school. So I still remember my first day, first class, walked up to the professor and I said, hi, my name's Mahak. I just started at The Ohio State University. And my sociology professor looks at me and he goes, so I'm like, I just wanted you to know my name. And he goes, I have three other 300 other students that are just like you kid. And I made it my mission to make sure that my college experience, even though I was with hundreds of kids was still unique. So I spent a lot of time with um, spending time trying to understand how I could be better in academics, spending time with professors, took every opportunity to get internships. And I'm really grateful to those teachers because if you took that extra step, they were willing to invest in you. And it's part of what taught me to always look back and help kids today that are looking for opportunities because I had so many people take a risk on me or say, I'm willing to help you but absolutely the fondest memories. And we don't have to talk about Mirror Lake, but you know, that was part of the college experience. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find, I'm gonna have to Google that because I've never heard of that before. So being Colorado, I'm, I'm out of tune with some of those traditions, but sounds like something. But um, Something tied with football. I think a lot of the players will know. <laughs> <laughs> That's, um, you know, on, on third and 30 to, have you a little familiar is we have a mantra and it's hashtag drive and drive is determination rigor inspiration um victory and excellence and so that is kind of our what we use when we're in a struggle there's a challenge there's an opportunity kind of find those take those steps um to find your drive and it's inevitable that through life we have so many struggles and you know, we don't have to talk about the game that happened for Ohio State last night, so we won't talk about that adversity. But it, the biggest thing in life is adversities come and go, and I think the successful people that find their way in life um, are better because of the adversities that they went through and what they learned from those adversities. So if you wouldn't mind, take us through um, – a big adversity in your life, maybe the the greatest one you've had. And, and for our listeners, what did you do to overcome it? What, what, you know, how were you able to get through that adversity? Um, and what did you learn from it? That's a great question. Um, I can think of a lot of different, a lot of different times that I've faced adversity, but the one that comes to mind immediately is running for office. I think most people know that politics is generally a man's world. And it's really difficult as a woman to raise your hand and run for office. More often than not, when you're a woman, and it's it's very true, you're asked to run for office. A lot of people will rally around you or say, we really want you to run. And traditionally, we give a lot of excuses, whether it's family or something going on in our personal life or a hardship. And I, I was not asked to run for office. I raised my hand and I said, I really want to run. And it was extremely challenging because it is a, a world where you really have to prove yourself. You have to be able to step up to um, a lot of challenging moments. And also you want to be taken seriously. And I think it was really tough initially because in my particular race, there were a lot of individuals that wanted to run for this seat that screened through the Franklin County Republican Party. And I sat back and looked individual after individual that wanted to run. And I kept saying, I can do this. I can finish strong. I can raise the money. But it was really tough to overcome some of just the traditional challenges. There were a lot of individuals that were men in the field that had established name ID or established relationships. And I think as a woman, we're constant as a woman, I'm constantly trying to elevate that we we can run, we can win, we can make an impact. 
And a lot of times we're just not given that voice. So I decided to create a platform so I could help not only run for office, but help other women do the same. But there were a lot of times that I was told I can't. And that's generally been a theme in my life. A lot of people through different parts of my life have said, Mahak, you can't do that. And I think when you hit rock bottom and you start from zero, you're willing to do anything to make something work if you have a greater purpose, right? So um, when I look at running for office, there were a lot of individuals that said, you can't raise money. You can't knock on over 40,000 doors. You can't survive the scandal that happened at the state house. And what I did was I, I, I proved people wrong and it wasn't through my words, it was through actions. And I just doubled down. I found individuals that were willing to support and help me. I had a couple mentors that I was able to speak to. And honestly, one of my, my greatest strengths was having my dad who has always believed in me and always said, the worst that can happen is we hit rock bottom again, and then we'll build. And so I gave a hundred percent, but adversity was every single day. It was waking up and, and individuals telling me I can't do something or um, not being taken seriously because I'm a woman. And it just took a lot of grit and perseverance. And I was extremely regimented and eventually through time, through honestly knocking on doors and then a lot of my own fundraising activity I was able to prove to people that I did have statewide support and slowly the, the naysayers were on my side. Um, but it definitely, I mean, I start as an optimist every single day, a hundred percent, and you dwindle that down and, and then you just had to figure out how do I put fuel in the tank again? And honestly, it's, it's surrounding yourself by a couple supporters that will guide you and lead you and, and help you build when you're feeling absolutely down. You know, John Gordon has a book called The Energy Bus. And what you're describing there reminds me of that book. And it's about getting the, getting the right people in the right seats and getting positive people on that bus and, and driving it forward and getting people that are on board for the mission. And, and that's where you get that extra energy from to get up every morning and to, to recharge uh, eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. That's what we tell everybody <laughs> that'll, that'll get you up and going. You know, you've, you've really highlighted through some, some pretty strong adversity there, in my opinion, and over not only overcoming the obstacles, you're also overcoming um, kind of that viewpoint from a, a political viewpoint of a stigma that exists and how you can work your way through that. And, and that should be, something to all people uh, to be able to look at and say, anyone can do anything. Nothing's impossible. And, and that's really what I take out of this is you're, you're shattering things in front of you as you walk through and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to break these barriers and I'm going to show people I can do it. And I think that's, that's really honorable. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I think a lot of the courage comes from what my dad did when you start over in a country and have to rebuild and figure it out. And it wasn't like he was successful immediately. I watched him get into business deals that didn't work out. And then we started over. And in my career, I've had to do that. I've had to walk away from positions where I thought, I'm not 100% for this. I'm not 100% for this cause. I will not be the best representative. And when you say no to a position, you go from a salary to zero. And I'm comfortable doing that because I genuinely think if you don't love what you do, it, it, it's, it's not worth it. You know, you only get one life. And the only way to build and to give back is to always stay on the course. And it, it's very easy to get discouraged. Um, but I've had a lot of individuals tell me I can't. And I'm honestly okay with it. For me, it's motivation um, to, to go back to them and say, I did it and I want your support next time. And I want you to believe in me, but I've watched a lot of women who have been interested in politics, shy away from it because 
it has been a man's game for very long. I mean, look at our, our history in Ohio. We have had one woman Speaker of the House, Speaker Joanne Davidson. She started an institute many, many years ago, motivating women to run. And I'm very thankful to have been in her leadership institute, but she has said this. That's where I got um, the line from, and it's accurate. Women are always asked to run. And I want to change that. I, I want to be um, somebody that a young girl can look up at, or even, even a young boy to say, I can do this. I can't just, can't, it's not an option for me. It's not how I was raised. So um, it, it, it really is perseverance. I've always had that. That's awesome. Perseverance is very important to be successful in life, uh, no, matter, no matter what field you're working in. You've, you've referenced your dad a couple of times. You've referenced a couple other people. I'm really curious to dig in. Who are, whether, whether it's your dad and you want to highlight more, who are, who are leaders that you've looked up to and that you've been able to learn from that have helped mold you to be who you are today? Well, I, I think you, you definitely um, caught on my dad, absolutely. Um, he's a man of very few words, and I never knew if I was doing a good job or what he thought of me. And it's interesting, I, I knew a couple things just being around him for so many years, hard work, dedication, perseverance, and he knew that everything he was doing was to create opportunities for me. So I made sure that any opportunity I received, I didn't waste it. And so he's always been determined. He's always been hardworking. And I've always admired that about him. And I think that's where my grit comes from and perseverance. I want my family to be proud. They gave up way too much to come to this land of opportunity. So anything and everything I've done, I've always thought about what my dad would say and how he would receive the information, but he's been very influential and he has never told me I can't do something. So he's always been in my corner. The other person I referenced, Speaker Joanne Davidson, I had the opportunity to meet her back in 2010 when I worked for the governor's office and I asked her for a cup of coffee. She did not know me. I wasn't in her leadership institute at the time but she spent a lot of time and years giving me advice, helping me grow, helping me mold. There were times when I said, speaker, I don't wanna do this job. I don't wanna go to this agency or do this work. And she always told me to be thoughtful, um, understand that in every opportunity, there's something positive that I'm going to learn and grow from. And she motivated me in many ways to be a leader to encourage other women to run for office. And she was extremely supportive when I ran. She also told me it was going to be an uphill battle and she lost her first race. That was her advice to me, but she stood by me in ways that I'm always going to be thankful. And I'm always thinking who are people in my life that I can motivate and give back to. So whether it's the middle schooler on my um, campaign who reaches out from time to time or high schoolers, I've always taken the time in my day to make sure that I have those conversations, I share my background, and I can be an asset. And I would say the third person is somebody that I've always admired. Um, part of it is because we share a similar background, Nikki Haley. And I will always be indebted to her because I reached out to her during my run and asked if she would speak to me and give me some advice as I was going through some obstacles and challenges. And she not only made time for me, gave me advice, has developed and tried to guide me through the campaign and, and reached out. And I, I reached out several times and her team was just incredible to me, but she also made the time to speak to my husband because when you run for office, it's a two person decision. I can say a hundred percent. Yes, but your spouse has to be just as prepared for what you're going to go through. And ambassador Haley did not have to make that time for me at all. I mean, when I, I make this joke, I'm a dink, I'm nobody in politics, right? You, you start at the ground level. And for somebody with her background, expertise, to make that much time for a race like mine, I'll always be grateful. And it's a huge lesson for anybody in leadership to always give back because you don't know who that person will be in the future. And, and 
those those are the three probably that I can think of in terms of leadership and and guiding me and molding me to who I am today. Mahek, you've you've taken us through your entire you know journey through from your your childhood to your through your career through all the jobs you do and you know to me throughout this entire conversation I've been so inspired because it's it's incredible to hear someone at your stature to 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 be so giving and generous and humble uh, to give back and in a I've mentioned this before but in a world today where there's so much chaos and and negativity that's kind of preached on us you know I I, I truly appreciate um, your generosity and humility through um, your work and giving back to your community so thank you for what you do for your community and try to help make uh, you know the pe- small piece of the world that you can a better place because that's we need more people like you in the world so thank you I appreciate that. It's it's always been a privilege and every opportunity I've been given. Well, we don't want to take up any more of your time. We've gotten so much out of you and it's been incredible to learn about your, your career and your and your journey. And um, thank you so much for joining us on the 3rd and 30 podcast. Uh, we It couldn't have been a better conversation. I, I truly am inspired. I want to I want to go. I don't know what I want to do. I want to go do something now. I want to go help someone or something. But thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us, Mahek. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Big shout out to Mahek Cook for joining us on Third and Thirty Podcast. What an inspirational conversation that we just had with her and. And so much to learn, so much to dive into, digest of, of what we just talked about, but so much to be, to be had there. And I think we highlighted it during the show, and I want to highlight it again. But just how important it is that we hi- we 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 empower these kinds of people to speak out more. Um, I think a lot of times we don't want to hear it, or we don't we think we already know it, and we kind of shy away and. I think people like Mahek Cook are people that we need to be listening to more often. And not because she's a politician or she's a Republican or because she's an attorney. Not because of any of those reasons. Because of what she says and how she follows through and her actions speak for it. Giving back to the community. Having the tough conversations that obviously none of us want to have. I mean, we are clearly so... Uh, in, in, out of touch with debate and conversing with each other, that it just show it, it it that's where it shows that there's no interest in having these conversations. She is, and she's willing to go to your door and get it out of you a little bit, and still want to get a, get have a conversation and not preach her thoughts and preach her beliefs and tell you, hey, you're wrong and I'm right. Just to have the conversation because she cares about your family. Um, we can't change the world, but we can change the world that we live in. And that's what she's doing. And she's doing a fantastic job of it. Um, unfortunately she did lose that campaign, but as she said, Joanne Davidson, her lost her first race. So I can see Mahek cook running again, and I could see her very much winning, uh, a second campaign, uh, if that's what she desires. Uh, such a hard worker, servant leader, selfless. Uh, inspirational. Um, I want to go coach right now. I coach this morning. I want to go coach something right now. I want to go inspire someone. I want to. I want to speak. And luckily, we have this platform, coach, that we can kind of speak and uh, speak about it and speak our minds a little bit. And and what a great conversation to have. Um, just from a different industry too. You know, I I think being in a different industry and especially one that we think we know about. I could definitely tell you that I was thrown back by a lot of the things just kind of the way she presents herself because that's not how we see politics on TV or how we see people uh, carry themselves on television these days, not one bit. But I think there's a lot more people like her as she genuinely believes that there are good, that pe- most people are good, that there are more people in the world like her in politics that are like her. It's just because of media is entertainment and entertaining is getting those big loud egos out there well that i don't think that represents 
all of what politics is. I think there's a lot in it that is about impacting communities for the good. And that is why we have so many political leaders at the lower levels. You know, you have your mayors, you have your district senators, you know, you have your speakers of the house within your state, you have your governors. You have that pro- those those systems and hierarchies within your state because like I said you can't change the world, you can just change the world that you live in. Uh I'm I was I'm honored to have just had a conversation with Mahek Cook, I mean, and, and being a fellow Indian, um, I, I definitely was, uh, it was nice to speak to someone that um, had similar, not the same, but similar experiences based on kind of the Indian values and that, that there's so much, and it's not wrong. The Indian values are not wrong. It's just the high expectations. They expect a lot out of you. And because that's the way they've done it, it's hard to understand a different way because they've done it that way and it's been successful. So when it's if you know if it's bent, why break it? You know it's not bent. Why do you gotta break it? Um, they, they've been knowing it that way. So that's when, that's when she spoke about theater class. That's where it's like, well, I, we don't know any success in theater. You know that's not what we've done. So um, it's not that they're uh, opposed to it. It is that the it, it's the you know bent not broken sort of thing. That there's no need to fix it, and it's been successful. Doc, Indian doctors, Indian engineers. It's a, there are so many successful ones in um in this country around the whole world so um really really glad and honored to have spoke with Mahek cook uh today um i rambled a little bit on but you know what that's why we have a podcast coach chaddock what uh to, to speak your mind a little bit what 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 did you enjoy what what did you take out of that conversation with with our guest Mahek cook i'll tell you what Mahek delivered and, and that's what she did through this podcast. She absolutely delivered every step of the way. And I loved hearing the family's journey of moving here to the United States and, you know, particularly the Columbus, Ohio area. And to hear at different times throughout the interview, she referenced her dad and talking about watching her dad and being influenced by her dad and, and her dad being that leader that is influential Uh, taught her the way, held high expectations. And she watched him not succeed in certain times and then just, hey, we're just going to start over, go back to the drawing board, boom, we're going to take it here now. And we all need that as a society because one of the things we talk about all the time is people being mentally tough. Can you be mentally tough where you can fail at something and understand that you're not a failure. You tried something outside the box and, and that didn't work. You failed at that. Now regroup. How do you change it? Or what do you move to? And let's go attack the day again. And I think she is just a stunning image of that. And what she talked about today is how do we overcome? Hey, we faced adversity. She, she knew the odds against her to run for the seat in office. It didn't stop her. <laughs> she faced the adversity on the trail and it didn't stop her. And, and then how do we teach our, our student athletes these days? How do we teach young professionals in any field? Mm-hmm. How do you teach them to overcome adversity without using excuses? We're not going to BCD this thing. We're not going to blame, blame, complain, and defend. We're, we're not going to BCD it. We're just going to get out here. We're going to work really hard. We are going to knock on doors. We are going to meet people. We are, I loved her comment about being solution-oriented. You can have your opinion and I can have mine, and I'm being solution-oriented. I want to work with you to come up with a solution that works, that helps people. That's servant leadership. How can I put my ego aside and work towards a solution that provides for a community, that provides for a family? that provides and provides and provides. And that's where she was. That's where her mindset is. That's why she goes from being an attorney, working in the government office, starting a private practice, then transcending this Mm -hmm. to politics in her own right by walking down the street. Uh, You know, the old saying, pounding the pavement, walking down the street, knocking on the doors, meeting the people. Building relationships. What a lost art. (laughs) 
She wasn't sitting on Twitter just tweeting all day. Sitting on Instagram just, I don't know what you do on Instagram. I don't have a catchphrase for that one. Just shooting out stuff on Instagram all the time. No, she's walking, knocking on doors, meeting people. That's inspiring. A stunning image of overcoming adversity, mm-hmm. catapulting that now to her life. Great role model from her father, from other political um, candidates that she's gotten to know over the years. Great role models. Tell her, don't give up. Keep fighting. Attack the day. Be honest and do what you believe in. And that's what she did. And what an amazing lesson we can give to other coaches, other student athletes, leaders, other people trying to enter the workforce, people trying to overcome unemployment right now. (laughs) There are people at home who have lost their jobs because of company downsizing or because companies shut down. Mm -hmm. They're sitting there with unemployment, or I don't know how that system's working right now. Some people could have run out of unemployment at this point. How do you provide for your family? How do you get your drive? What drives you? And that right now is just filtering through my mind nonstop. What drives you? How do we help these people get up and get going? How do we help them overcome the adversities that they're facing in their lives? How do we help people become mentally tough as a society and fight through the adversities that they're facing because you can't just curl up in a ball and sit in the corner. How do we read more materials that are good? We need to quit letting all the negativity enter our mind. We got to quit reading so much of the negative stuff out there and watching the news channels all the time and getting all this negative news that just is a constant mental, physical, emotional beatdown. We need, as a society, to come together and have conversations. We need to have good conversations. It could be just conversations about how's your family doing? What are you guys up to? It doesn't have to be political. It doesn't have to be, you know, talking about, you know, what's going on at the school, something you're upset with. It can be just conversations to get to know people because we don't do enough of that anymore as a society. We don't understand how to share our opinions how to hold our values, yet still listen to others and encourage others. We don't know how to do that as a society anymore, and it is evident. And that's what I'm asking is for us to come together. Let's educate children so they can grow up in a different world. And let's make a difference, people. Just like Mahek is making a difference for people, just like she is pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, talking with people, building relationships. Servant leader, solution-oriented, wants to make a difference and help people. And I encourage us all to step up. Student-athletes, what do you want to do in college? Those that are in college, what do, you want, what do you want to do when you get out of college? How do you want to serve your community? Do you want to be a, a, in the world of business? And then volunteering, doing other things. How do you want to serve your community? How do you want to make this society better? Let's stop tweeting about it and let's start being about it. You don't have to be a political commentator, attorney, political strategist. You don't have to be those things to try and make a difference. I'll I'll go back to what I said earlier. You don't have to change the world. You just change the world you live in. You know, the way we look at it as coaches is what are we going to do now in our lives to make it better that we can impact our community, our little circle of people, to hopefully that that circle of people has their own, another circle that they can grow, and that's how you build. It's not trying to change everyone, and that's where people get caught up and, and probably get discouraged is when they try to help their community and then try to maybe go on Twitter and make a difference, and then it gets shut down because of all the trolls or you get no responses. That's not how it's going to make it happen. You do it by action, and then people tell your story on social media because it matters. And you don't have to, and you don't need social media um, f- for you to be successful, for you to be heard. It's a way to enhance being heard, but it's it's the action of doing the work that actually matters in what and what character is that you know, you're doing it because you don't think anyone's watching 
You know, I, I, I do get frustrated with the people that post good deeds on social media. You know, I understand that we're trying to show good in the world, but to me, I think good deeds can be done without a camera there, and good deeds have always been done without a camera there. So I think sometimes we look at a good deed and think, oh, it's already been done. That's why I think it kind of doesn't necessarily help a lot of the times because we're so drawn to our phones. Why would we leave such simplicity when we feel this nice serotonin feeling getting released and we feel good about things? No, I mean, I, 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 I think that, it's it's part of your character to do these good deeds without needing a following behind you. Just doing it because you want to see your community in a better place, in a stronger place. And um, I'm not saying there's any right way to think. There's any right way to believe, and there's a right way to push things. Um, I'm just saying that it, there's more than one side to everything, um, and there's probably more than two sides to everything too. So um, I, I just thank Mahek Cook for being that person. One of probably many, but one that I'm I I feel that really truly emulates that ser selfless servant leadership and proves it with her actions and not her words. Um, I appreciate her taking the time as a political speaker and strategist to come on and do an interview or conversation because not many are so willing to do it. And um, one thing that I you know I she mentioned off air afterwards, and I think it's safe to say now is is this was an ability for her to reflect and kind of think back at things that she may have not had time because of how crazy life is to think about. And I think we all need to do that whenever we get the chance. It doesn't need to be, you know, you get on a podcast interview to have that opportunity. We can all take a moment in our days to just kind of reflect on where, where, where am I? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? How am I going to get there? Um, just reflect on a little bit here and there. Um, you know, I, meditation, I'll tell you, it helps. Meditating is, is something that might be, because if you're wondering, how do I do that? How do I get away from this noisy world? Well, that's one way to get into a quiet place. And there's so many different types of meditations, so I won't recommend one way or the other. But to get into that place where you can concentrate and focus on reflection and seeing where you are and how you can better things. And I think we need to do that as individuals. We need to do that as teams. We need to do that as leaders, organizations, corporations. Um, I think it's very important that we systematically and, and, and routinely um, do those reflections. Um, it's very important. You know, I love those personality tests or Enneagrams. You know, I love those things that you can kind of take. Uh, my sister got me into them and I, I'm so glad she did because it's like I found out so much more about myself and it makes sense. I can put it into words, tangible words that I'm like, ah, this makes sense to me and this is me. This is how I operate things. And then you start seeing, you start seeing your decision making, your actions in a clear way. Uh, lens and I think um, it's it, it, those kinds of things it's finding about about who you are before you judge someone else is really important because I think that makes my lack of judgment of, of others so um, so high uh, because of how I view myself and where I and, and it's not because I view myself as as a as a loser compared to everyone else, I just understand that everyone has struggles. Everyone comes from their own experiences, and uh, we have to figure that out and learn from each other and, and see where we can help each other. So, um, you know, that, that was a great show. We could go on about what we learned from Mahek Cook, and there'll be more times and opportunities for that. And uh, um, again, thank you to Mahek Cook for taking time out to join us on the podcast. Thank you to all the listeners for joining us. Thank you to. Uh, to everyone that supports us and, and, and gives us feedback. Um, I, something I didn't mention in the beginning of the show, and I will remember to do this, do this from now on, but um, if you're catching this, uh, check out our YouTube channel. We will now be posting every single one of our interviews. Uh, so you won't necessarily be hearing this part or seeing this part on YouTube. But if you just want to check out our interviews, we are posting um, starting 2021. Every single one of our video interviews will be posted on YouTube. So you can catch those if that's a nice way. You just want to listen to the interview. You don't want the pre-show, the post-show, which I think sometimes you need the pre-show and post-show, people. Um, All the time. I think... You can check out that interview, and uh, it'll be up there when we post our podcast on our normal platform. So please, please, please check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe it. It's just a click of a button. doesn't cost you a thing. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, wherever you can, uh, wherever you want to show support, 
throw a comment, whatever it is, throw it our way. Um, thank you, Coach Chaddock, as always, taking time out of your busy life and to to reflect and to spend time having a conversation on this podcast. As always, um, enjoy having you on as a, as a co-host, and we look forward to our next show dropping in a couple weeks. Be sure to check us out on social media at Third and Thirty Podcast. Uh, drop us a line, throw us a review, subscribe anywhere, anywhere, anyhow, however you like it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, however it may be. Uh, my name is Coach Praveen Montrepagata and my co-host Jason, Coach Jason Chaddock. And this is the Third and Thirty Podcast. Thank you.